0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors Podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors because I want you to go on this journey with me as I aim to be a better version of myself as a father, as a husband, as an outdoorsman, as just a human being. I want to be a better version of me, and I want to share that with you through Tinkering Tuesdays, where I go through. Mindset, gear reviews, stories, etc. And on Saturdays like today, where I get to share some outstanding individuals with you, their stories, how they've succeeded through whatever their goals have been. A lot of them are outdoors men and women, especially right now during hunting season. I want to share with you these people that I get to have amazing conversations with, such as Josh Kirshner. And Josh, you may know him on Instagram and YouTube as dialed in hunter. He is a stud. He loves the outdoors. He is an absolute awesome individual that we get to learn a little bit about hunting and how he has incorporated this into actually his career where he writes for companies. He does gear reviews. He goes out and he hunts for a living. So you definitely want to tune into this podcast if you're interested in Josh and kind of some behind the scenes on what he does in his own company, his own brand on social media and why he does what he does. He just is absolutely passionate about bow hunting, about rifle hunting, about the outdoors in general and wanting to share that with you. So before we get into that conversation, I do want to remind you guys that as we continue to go through the rest of this year and into the new year, I wanna help you with your goals. I have a group of individuals over at First Form Headquarters who are just amazing at what they do. It's the first form outdoors team. Specifically, we have advisors where you get to work with a one on one advisor with your nutrition, with your training, absolutely want to help you out as you're looking for something to help you accomplish your New Year's resolutions. We don't want you to fall off like most people do by February, March timeframe. We want you to continue this and create a lifestyle out of it so that you can be the best version of you throughout 2024 and beyond. So Down in the links down below, guys, I am going to leave a link to the app where you can get, again, that one-on-one advisor, nutrition tracking, you get daily classes, you get quotes, you get a bunch of awesome access to individuals and teaching and education and tools that are going to help you accomplish your fitness, health, nutrition goals all the way through 2024 and beyond. On top of that, I highly recommend trying the first form supplements. If you have questions for me on first form products, let me know, shoot me an email, write me a message on Instagram, whatever it may be, leave me a comment on YouTube. I'd love to reach out to you and talk to you about it because with first form, not only if there's something wrong with a product, but if you don't like the flavor, whatever it may be, there's a 110% money back guarantee. And I challenge you to put that to the test. Reach out to customer support if you have questions about any products that you've had. My go-tos on a daily basis are the Greens, Microfactor, and the Full Megas. I take those on a daily basis. And then for recovery, of course, the Formula One, which is the Isolate Protein along with Ignition for the post-workout stack. And my snacks throughout the day are the Meat Sticks and Protein Bars. Guys, I love all the products. I don't necessarily love all the flavors. So reach out to me. Ask me what my favorite flavors are so I can kind of point you in the direction of what I like. With that being said, guys, I challenge you to go and reach out to customer support. Take on that 110% money back guarantee and try first form supplements to help fill whatever gaps you have in your diet today. With that being said, guys, now let's get back to or start this conversation with Josh Kirshner, the dialed in hunter. Here we go. Welcome back guys. I've got an amazing guest for you. It's Josh Kirchner, the dialed in hunter. Uh, he's just an outstanding dude, genuine guy. Uh, I love watching his stuff. So I brought him on here. Cause I want to have conversation. We've chatted for almost 20 minutes now, not recording. And I'm like, I need to start recording because uh, this, this, is some good stuff coming out here. Uh, but Josh just absolutely loves getting after it in the West. Mainly um, he loves going hunting mainly archery hunting but you do all around you're not just stuck to a bow and uh josh makes it happen and and he loves talking about gear uh he does a lot of gear reviews things that he uses gear breakdowns but also um writes blogs and does so many other things this is his full-time gig so uh, i'm kind of jealous of that but josh uh for those that don't know who you are who are you in a nutshell
1: yeah
2: no i think you nailed it nailed her down pretty good there but um I uh, yeah, Josh Kirshner. I live in Arizona. Um, lived here most of my life. I grew up. I lived in New York for about eight nine years. Um, so coming out here was like just like a massive difference compared to back east. Like it was a totally different world. And I remember, you know, I said oftentimes, I you know, when I was a kid, I never even saw a mountain before. And then when I came out here, I was like, holy. Holy crap, you know there's mountains and stuff, and it was it was so cool and my dad
1: <clears throat> my
2: dad took me on my first hunt when I was uh nine years old, and that was the first time I ever went camping, slept outside, and um that's kind of what got me got me hooked you know hunting hunting with my dad it's all it was all my dad um would do annual deer hunts every year with him, and uh that's something I always look forward to, but it never really like, hunting for me back then, it never really, like, spanned past that point. Um, and then I got in my early 20s, and then I just really, um, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was, you know, life opens up a little bit, right? When you get older, like, the world's a little bigger to you. And um, and I think I was feeling that, and I was like, man, I want to, like, really dive into all this. And I remember bear hunting was this thing that I, I was like, I want to learn how to do that. So, Learned how to do that and stuff, and and I remember um, I would go scouting like every single weekend, just absolutely gun ho passionate, and um, all of that led to me uh, starting a blog, um, basically to serve as just an online journal for myself, really, Um, just for something for me to look back on to to kind of reflect on like you know mistakes and stuff like that. Maybe I could learn a little bit more about this. And um, I didn't know anyone was reading it, uh, but apparently there were some people reading it. And a couple of those people were editors for magazines and stuff and online publications. And then I remember I, <clears throat> I remember I got my first bear and uh, the editor of Bear Hunting Magazine reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to write a story on my first bear. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I can pay you X amount. I was like, huh? Like, you want to pay me to write about hunting? So that was, that's how I got my first article, like actual paid articles with Bear Hunting Magazine. And um, and ever since then, it just kind of snowballed. And, and, you know, years down the line, I wrote a book, uh, becoming a backpack hunter, got really into backpack hunting, expanded freelance writing, got more into photography and video. And it just got to the point where I, honestly, I just didn't have time for my actual job and And I was like, "Well, I think I need to make a decision here. You know what i mean and i and now I'm sitting here, and, and this is what I do so
0: pretty cool that's awesome yeah, no that's yeah, really that cool and and it's a good decision that you seem to have made uh going you know away from the nine to five and and to the job that you uh the career path that you love and so now that's really cool to 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 know that you really got passionate into bear hunting, which um i you know didn't really delve into it a whole lot this year but this is my first year uh doing it we went out to idaho realized real quickly that we were in grizzly country not black bear country and uh if anyone that yeah anyone that knows uh anything about grizzlies and black bears they don't really mesh very well and so uh there, there were no black bears to be found and uh and anyway we were winterizing my buddy's cabin and and so we just went back to doing that and not hunting at that there point. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so that, that's really awesome. And then, you know, with backpacking and and hunting, you seem to really have this, uh, passion obviously for the outdoors. Uh, did that start when you were, did it, did it pick up really in Arizona or was that in New York? Um, you know, there's some beautiful places in New York outside of the city. Uh, did you do much out there at all?
2: No, not at all. Um, my so as far as it went out and in, in back east is as we' go fishing um and it was in the city uh we'd fish the ocean right off a bridge next to a freeway um and that and that was it, you know, I remember we could see um the twin towers from where we would fish um and then uh the the whole like if you know if you want to call it like getting like more into the wild, that came when I came to Arizona, and I think that's really just because it's a little bit more part of the culture here you know you get out wet any of these mm-hmm. western states like like people like being outside you know it, it they they now have to be hunting maybe they're hikers or backpackers or what you know bird watchers whatever people like being outside and getting into the mountains and stuff so we took full advantage of that and i remember we would go we'd go camping like every single weekend uh my family and i you know i'd get off of school 3:30 my dad would be there, has a truck loaded, we're on the highway, you know, going up to where we're gonna camp for the weekend. Um, so so that was ingrained in me from a pretty young age, the the whole just being outside. And and uh and then the hunting thing, that's just an a whole nother like it's a whole nother level of uh of uh, trial and error, if that makes sense. Um it's a lot more involved. But, um, I really enjoyed, you know, the times that I had with my dad and I still have with my dad, I still hunt with my dad. Um, th- those were some of the most heart racing moments that I've ha- ever, that I ever had as a kid. So, so that leaves an imprint on you. Right. Um, and, and it's like, then it's, then it becomes this endless chase for that feeling again. You know, you want to replicate that. You're like, that was really fun. I want to do that again. Um, and, and so I feel like that's where I'm at now. I just like constantly, like, I, w- I want to keep doing that. I want to keep doing that. And like, you know, the, the more time you spend out there, I feel like, honestly, I mean, this has been said a hundred times before, but I think it's a thousand percent true is, uh, I truly believe that like, personally, like when I leave, you know, like go like on a 10 day hunt or something like that, I come back like a better person than when I left you know like a hundred percent like there is if you want to clear your mind there's no better way of doing it than Mm -hmm. sitting on a on a glassing point looking for deer in the quiet and and that and all you have to yourself is your own thoughts you know Mm -hmm. and um i've i feel like i've really like worked out some some stuff upstairs sitting there in in the mountains you know so yeah
0: no for sure You know, and that's definitely something that, uh, you know, I've heard something recently. There's, I haven't delved into it, but as far as like grounding is concerned and things like that, people go out without, you know, so much bare feet time in the grass and, and uh, someone brought it up. They're like, that's why you feel like you're better when you come back from a hunt. When you genuinely go out hunting now, there's, you know, road hunters and other things like that, that maybe don't have the same experience, but when you go out and you camp and you're you know generally at camp you're not wearing your boots you're wearing crocs or whatever your shoe is of choice your camp shoe is of choice um and you're out there just enjoying uh the sun you know you sit in the sun for a lot longer than you would at home you don't have all these alerts going off on your phone you're not trying to get x amount of steps in in a day you're not trying to you know whatever it is that you have that your responsibilities are uh, you don't have those up in the mountain it really boils it down to very bare bones what are you eating? When are you drinking? And where's your destination? I mean, that's really, really it. And some shelter, you know, you need some shelter. And so uh, outside of that, you don't really have a lot of responsibilities. And, uh, and so you kind of are able to, to, you know, again, get back to just like what you were saying with your thoughts uh, and, and, and really just kind of narrow it down to, to what the basics of life are. And so not that I, I don't necessarily wish that I could live out there all the time per mm-hmm, se, mm-hmm. uh, but it is a good reset to get away from the hustle and bustle of life.
2: Oh man, it's, it's, uh, it, it makes you appreciate it, right? Like it makes it, you, you go out there and you're like, man, I, things aren't that bad back home. And you like, you're out there, you know, especially <laughs> like, you know, um, but the backpacking thing. It's like a lot of times I'm I'm not stressed out about getting work done. I'm stressed out about finding water. You know, like I just want to get some water to drink. You know. Mm -hmm. Um and uh and then, you know, another thing on top of that is it's it's a uh it's incredibly uh gratifying, you know. Even I that that's one of the things I noticed right away when I first got into backpack hunting was, you know, uh to back up a little bit, I got into backpack hunting because i just had some bad experiences near roads you know like i remember i was a kid and i had i was sitting there with my dad you know we were in there we were in there the day before opener found a buck and we get in there early on opening day and we're like oh this is gonna be my first year you know what i mean just and and a dude drives by stops the truck and then we hear a gunshot you know stuff like that like that i'm like wow. well there goes that you know what i mean So so it drove me to get further away from, from the roads. And in Arizona, you know, uh, you're talking about culture earlier, but in Arizona, like, honestly, like backpack hunting is not that popular. Like people do, we we have a lot of roads in Arizona and it's, it's, uh, it's real easy to get away from folks. You think you hike a mile off the road, you're going to be alone. Okay. But you do that in Idaho, you can go 10 miles back in the wilderness in Idaho and you'll find somebody's camping there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, it's just
2: like it might be a soccer mom running yeah. the trail or something like that. Like it's just like a different mm-hmm. world. Um but when I went on my first backpack hunt, I remember like I didn't kill anything, but I remember going like on my way back to the truck and I felt so I was like,
1: Hell yeah, I just did that.
2: You know what I mean? Like it didn't like it just adds a whole nother level to to um like an accomplishment. You know what I mean? It, it It's like, wow, you know, like you're just proud that you live, that you, that you, that you went through the motions, you did the thing, you know, especially solo. Like that was a thing for me when I, when I was first starting out doing this, like it was a little nervy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going into bear country alone and you know, I'd be walking back to the truck. I'm like, you're proud of yourself, you know? So I think that's pretty cool about backpack hunting.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, it can, you know, something else too that, and you, you may not remember this, uh, from the, the limited experience you had outdoors out, out East. Um, but the difference between the nights is, is distinct as far as the sounds that you hear. Uh, and, and it, it unnerved me the first time I came out here out West and, and camped overnight. And not in a campground, but you know, I backpacked in. It wasn't very far, it was like two miles, mm-hmm. but still, I was by myself in a tent. Um, and I remember setting the tent up and laying down and being like, Why do I feel so freaked out? I'm not scared of the dark at home. Why am I freaked out? Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: and what I realized because what I couldn't figure it out, and then we went back home or I, we went back to North Carolina uh, for the summer. And one of my favorite things to do is sit out on the back screened in porch. For those of you out West that don't know what a screened in porch is, go out east. It's a necessity with the mosquitoes, but you know, you want a screened in -in porch and uh, sitting out on the screened in porch. And then it was right after a thunderstorm. um, And so it was, was, I don't know, it was, it was dark, but how loud the woods were Mm -hmm. right there by the lake and just the crickets and the cicadas and the bullfrogs and everything else that's going off. And out out west, I'm like, there's no sound. No. You can hear a stick break a mile away, like it's ridiculous. And so, anyway, that that's something that that freaked me out. It took me a while to get used to uh, to the dark out west because it was like, I man, you can like everything. Even the wind blowing sounds like a, the 900 pound black bear coming yeah, through. You know, like it's uh, just <laughs> yeah, no, like
2: yeah, that's uh, uh the the silence is is it's damn near deafening right? Like, like you're just like every, you're so hyper focused on noise and like, like you said, everything's a bear. You know? mm-hmm.
0: So I hear you, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Or, uh, or even there was one where I was in Southern Utah and, and Utah claims we don't have wolves. I called BS on that, but I don't know if they've made it down to Southern Utah. Um, but, uh, anyway, I was out hunting, uh, Uh, for a cow elk in Southern Utah. And I was coming back in the dark. I was like, you know, gung-ho, like I'm going to make myself walk back in the dark. Mm -hmm. I was trying to last as long as possible without my headlamp, just trying to break myself of that, uh, you know, being scared of the dark and everyone's got their own ways of doing it, but that was, that was my thing. And so I have to go over two small ridges to get back to my truck and there's no cell service out here. Um, and I think, I don't know I, I was just listening to it was probably Joe Rogan or something like that trying to get myself amped up you know uh, so, so that I could hike back and and be tough guy and you I dealt just with dealt with world. this rogue uh this rogue horse um that wouldn't it was between me and the truck and wouldn't let me go past him he was stamping at me he'd bluff charge me like he was He was this weird horse I've never had an experience like that before but anyway I finally got around him and it's it's dark and I start hearing howling oh man and of course those, right? And of course those coyotes sound like wolves, even though like in my head, I'm like, there's no wolves in Utah. There's no wolves here. We're good. <laughs> like It didn't matter, matter it because, good. you know, coyotes sounded like wolves in the dark. It's just, everything seems bigger. You know, things, you see people, you know, in the dark, you see all these things that are going on. And in reality, you hike back in, in the morning, you're like, I was scared of this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is ridiculous, yeah. you know? Um how long how long did it take you to to get over kind of that fear of uh being alone in the dark and then like you said you started before I think we mentioned this off mm-hmm. off the recording but you started before Garmin was even a thing so not even no cell service but no satellite in reach to be able yeah. to call SOS there was no backup and so how did how did you work out getting over either fear of the dark or were you just a beast and never scared of the dark Oh
2: no I was terrified uh the I remember uh when I first started bear hunting, um that was a thing that was like, like I, I like having I, I try to tell like new newbies this is your definition of success needs to be a little bit different than everybody else's, right? There's a lot of things that new hunters haven't experienced that they need to experience that I feel like are stepping stones to success right like notching your tag right and for me when i was when i was younger one of those things was nope i'm i'm hiking an hour in the dark in the morning to get to my glassing spot i'm not gonna be late and uh i remember like you dude like i was high i was hiking and like rabbits were scaring the hell out of me you know (laughs) like with my headlamp but i just like while that is true while that was true Something else that I knew uh, deep down was like, the only way that I'm going to get over this is to desensitize myself to it. And so that's what I did. I forced myself to keep going out, you know, and uh, just did it over and over and over again. And I remember, you know, that uh, first solo backpack hunt I did, I almost turned around probably three times. Like I was trying to, even before I even left the house, dude, I was like, I was on the weather app and I was like, ah, uh, it might get squirrely out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I was trying to find a reason, um, it, which is funny because like a week before that, I was like, let's go. You know, like I was so pumped.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but then when, where the rubber meets the road, things are a little different, you know? Um, so I just, I just, y- y- you just got to kind of. Once one foot at a time, man, that's what, that's what it's all about. It's one foot at a time. You don't have to, you don't have to belly flop into doing whatever you're trying to do. You just have to take one more step. That's it. Just keep going little by little. And you're going to realize, oh, wow, this isn't, uh, this isn't that bad at all. You know what I mean? Like that, like that's usually what ends up happening is like you sit there and you go, I'm actually fine. You know, when you take a step back and look at look at the situation <laughs> and after so many times of doing that, then you just then you just get comfortable, you know, and sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. damn near complacent. Right. Like like <laughs> your guards down too much, you know, so I remember I like having these little check in moments, you know, like I remember I was sleeping. I've told this story before, but it was just a great example um, of what I'm talking about. I was I was sleeping in the backcountry alone one time and I was bear hunting and it was real hot so i had my vestibule on my tent open so the skirt so i could get some more airflow in through the screen and i'm sitting there and about
1: eleven thirty at night i hear like i hear something i'm like okay like super calm my heart didn't even race i was fine
2: and then i heard uh I t- it sounded so foxes out here they make if if it, it, uh, if you ever got like a bunch of time to kill, go look up how many f- noises foxes make. They have like over mm. seventy Dude, different vocalizations. They have some or crazy. Like yeah. Um, they sound like a mountain lion. There's one in particular. They go wow, like that. And mm. I heard that by the tent. Um. Well, actually, let me let me rewind. I'm getting mixed <laughs> up here. I I heard something break in branches next to me. And I'm like, okay. And I'm in a saddle, so it's a travel area, right? Um, so I'm sitting there, and I calmly reach over, grab my handgun, and just look out the door. I'm like, all right, here we go. You know, just like ready, ready. Like I was calm. <laughs> and then I heard that noise. I heard, and I was like, oh, I'm going back to sleep. <laughs>
1: it's not like a
2: stupid fox, <laughs> you know. But um, what ended up happening? The, the freakiest thing about all that was uh god I'm, I'm sorry i'm like i'm getting mixed up up here about this story i was laying there and what really did it was i i i woke up and i heard on my head hmm. That's that's what really hmm. that's what really did it. so that that's why i was like and that made my heart race right and that's so i'm like okay what is this And it, and then i heard that noise and it was a fox so i like that though hmm. right like i'm like gotcha. okay I can't get too comfortable. You know what I mean? Like mother nature reaches out every now and then
0: and Mm -hmm. gives me a poke,
2: you know, and be like, watch where you, you know, you're okay, but we're still here, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On this last, uh, on this last hunt, we were, so I've been in bear country before and we've hung our food, but I've never had to, never had to deal with it. And I, I definitely never saw as much sign as I did in this last area that we were in, in Colorado hunting elk. Oh, and uh, I saw a crap ton of sign. sign?
1: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Bear sign. And so, uh, tons and tons of bear sign. And like I said, I've been in, in bear country where we've camped there and, you know, I'm like, uh, generally they stay away from people, you know, as long as you don't have tons of food and garbage and all that. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I was talking crap to my buddy because he was like, up and down like we're gonna see one all of us bought tags because we were like we're definitely gonna end up seeing one and we never saw one and uh and so i texted him later i was like i think you just went out and like spread bear crap and did some paw prints and stuff before we got to this unit well uh he sends me a video not a day later he was 20 yards from a bear on the ground and it was just like he was waiting for elk to come into this water hole and a bear just yep. walked in silent oh, yeah. as can be yep. so quiet and just like sat down, drank some water, messed around for a little bit, and then just walked yep. off like it was nothing. I'm like, man, these, these animals are, they're, they're crazy, uh, crazy intense. And um, you know, it, it's something that humbles you because you think about, you know, you look at a, a human being, an average male um, that's in any kind of shape is somewhere between I'd say, you know, 180 to yeah. 200 pounds ish. If you're a lifter, maybe even a little bit more than that. Um, and, and that's a big human being, come but these in. bears will come in at, they consider a small bear, True. 200 pounds, you know, a small bears two to 300 pounds ish. And I'm like, I can't imagine the claws of a 300 pound bear coming at you and thinking, yeah, Oh, yeah, he's yeah, small. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> That's not a small thing, uh, but anyway, so you, you've had a lot of experience out there uh, in the back country. And I think those are good tips for, for people that, that want to go out solo. I, I love that you mentioned that success needs to vary based on kind of your, yeah. your skill level or how, how many years you put in, because I, I would agree with that too. Cause at first I kind of set this goal for myself of success doesn't necessarily, success being doesn't a necessarily mean a, a, a tagged or being tagged out. I've since Uh, changed that um, because now I'm like, well, for me at my, at my level, I should be tagging out. And if I don't, it's because I messed something up. I need to learn from that and get better in the future. But you know, the first couple of years that you're out there hunting, especially with a bow uh, unless you're going for just whatever walks out in front of you um, it, it can be something that you have to work up to. So, you know, for me personally, it was again, getting out, putting in a certain amount of miles, making sure I got those miles down. If I, if I had an actual route that I had e-scouted, I was going to walk that route unless I saw actual deer or elk somewhere else. Right. Um, but I was actually going to take that and not wuss out halfway through and be like, eh, you know, they're probably not over there. I'm going to turn back around. Uh, what were, what were some other things that you, your first couple of years hunting by yourself that were your, success points that you accomplish these goals before focusing heavily on okay now i'm i'm ready to actually put an arrow through or a bullet yeah through and so end. uh
2: we have a very liberal uh archery deer season here in, in arizona um hmm. last half of december all of january and then last half of august and beginning of september uh three three archery deer seasons all
0: Now I'm going to pause you there. People, you don't want to move to Arizona. Arizona sucks. You don't, especially if you're into archery, don't ever go
2: here. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, yeah. Um, So uh, that was the, uh, the hunt that really comes to mind. And I, I mean, I can go into different species and stuff too, but what comes to mind first is that one. And I remember because bow hunting is so difficult, right? There's like, it it felt impossible when I first started doing it. Um, so one of the first things I, I wanted to get good at, I was like, I just want
1: to, I just want to be able to find deer regularly. Like if I see deer in a day, cool. We, we
2: did, we did it right from there. I was like, I I would, I, I would get too excited and I wouldn't, i would kind of get hit with paralysis by analysis when i would find deer um and Mm. i would sit back and just watch them and i think this is a problem with a lot of new bow hunters is they sit back and they watch them because they think they're being crafty when in all reality uh don't get me wrong there's a method to the madness okay um But if you have a deer tag in your pocket and there's a deer over there, you should probably go over
0: there. This show is brought to you by PSE Archery. Guys, I'm telling you, these bows are outstanding. Go check them out at your local dealer, PSE Archery. We've also got First Form and First Form Outdoors. Guys, Amazing supplementation, but more than that, the education behind it so that you can achieve your goals. Definitely check out First Form Outdoors, link down below to get free shipping over $75. Montana Knife Company knives that are made by hunters for hunters, guys, they're workhorses, I'm telling you. Montana Knife Company knives, definitely go check them out. Black Ovis, use code redbeard10. You guys will save some money on already amazing prices over there at Black Ovis. They have some outstanding gear, whether it's their brand or some of the brands that they carry. Definitely go check them out. Go grab a new pair of crispies over there as well. Initial Ascent, best backpacks on the market. All in digiscoping. Guys, there's a bino adapter now as well as the spotting adapter. Highly recommend it. Quick acquisition, simple and it's high quality. Definitely go check them out. A3 Archery Bowstrings, Strings, Cryptech, Kestrel Glassing Systems, Dark Energy, GORUCK. Guys, if you want to up your game with your training, definitely go check out GORUCK. Use code REDBEARD10 over there. Save some money. Sheepfeet Custom Orthotics, Mimetic, Canvas Cutter, Affect, Beard Oil, Joybees, The Bow Hitch, Alpin Fuel, Heather's Choice, and the Crazy Elk Company. Guys, all of those companies that I've partnered up with, I use the gear, and I want you to be able to get the best price as possible. Check out any links down below and any codes that will save you some money are always in the show notes. So go check them out, guys. Support the channel. Support the partners. Thank you so much for your support. And now let's get back to the conversation.
2: Right. They're just like the black and white of the situation, um, now there's, there's hunting prowess involved there too. Right. But just like the bare bones, a to B, like, that's what you're looking at. And I would sit back and mm-hmm. I'd talk, I was actually, I'd actually talk myself out of going. I'm like, no, I mean, he's probably not going to be there when I get there. So the next thing that I really wanted to like focus on was like, I want to make plays. Like, like, I remember thinking, I was like, I want to spook him. Like that, I remember thinking that, you know, like, because putting an arrow on one at this point in my, in my, at that point in my bow hunting career, I was like, this is, it's never going to happen, but I mm-hmm. just want, I want to play the game. I want to play the game. I want to get into bow range. And if they run away, fine. From there, once I, once I got good at that, okay. From there it turned into. now this sounds funny, dude, but I was like, I remember I just wanted to miss. I just want to miss one. I want to know what it's like to be at full draw and be in bow range, put my pin where it's supposed to go and let it go, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, and then after, you know, I went through that, had a cut, had a couple misses. I think I missed like, if I'm not mistaken, I think, I believe I missed seven times before I actually arrowed a deer. Um, And, wow. uh, and that was a, a mixture with javelina and deer. Cause we can hunt those at the kind of the same time. Um, and then, and then it finally, and then it finally happened, you know? Um, and then once it finally happened, the next thing was, okay, well, I want to be able to do it every year, you know, and their size wasn't involved. That's another thing that drives me crazy. Okay. With newer bow hunters, like, oh yeah. Like some dude draws an elk tag in Arizona. It's like, yeah, I want to. I'm going for a 340 bull. You know what I mean? And it's like, do you know what it's like to to have a, a even a 280 inch bull scream in your face? You're gonna shoot that thing real fast. Like that's what's gonna happen. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, um, uh,
0: it's like, have you ever had a spike uh, for sure? Even for come sure, up right? to you? Yeah, like... yeah, for sure. Have
2: you ever <laughs> called elk? Like that's yeah. like you could like break this down with all the different species. Mm. Like whatever you want to go after, like. Pick these like realistic goals and 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 crush them and get there because you need to know all that stuff to get to actually filling your tag. And what I mean by filling your tag is not by luck. I mean by filling your tag intentionally, okay? Because anyone can walk into like just you're just you're walking down the trail. Oh, there's a bull right there, and he's and he's like totally oblivious. Or a buck right mm-hmm. there, he's totally oblivious. Like that can happen it happens people get lucky i'm talking about no i'm going hunting and i'm going to go kill a deer that's what i'm talking about like being able to like make those de- like a a line of decisions that ends with you filling your tag because then you know the process and the mm-hmm. process is what you is what i think is one of the most addicting parts of hunting in general to me you know there's so many ups and downs but i know you know, like if I just follow this, even if I don't end up filling my tag because I missed or something like that, I'm going to get to that point eventually, you know? Um, and if it doesn't happen on this trip, it'll happen on the next one. And you just, you just keep going. And I think, you know, with Mm -hmm. bow hunting, that's, that's something that probably drives people away from it, you know, because they, they, they go out for three years or, you know, I think that's like a, you know, another magic number people bow hunt for three years and then they stop. Um, and, uh, and they decide that it's so, it's, it's so incredibly difficult that they're just going to pick up a rifle, which is totally fine. I have nothing against uh, rifle hunting, but, Mm -hmm. um, you you need to, I, I think part of the beauty in bow hunting is appreciating how it's done, you know, and it gives you a new level of respect for guys. Like you see, like guys like Brian Barney, you know, the, the, like, every, like it's I feel like every time he walks into the mountains, like something mm-hmm. comes out with him, you know, it's because he's a master <laughs> of his craft, you know? So,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you on that 100%. It's It's something that, you know, I think Man, social I media has made it worse. And also, it's something that's in the culture, too. If you grew up in a family that's hunters, it's almost like in where, sports or anything else where... where and and not to say that someone's a bad father or dad for doing this, but I don't agree with it. Um, if you put your expectations of your own hunt and your own experiences on your kids, yep. Uh that's a problem in in my opinion. It causes a lot of issues. Um, there's a guy, you know, I went and dropped my um my cool. my bull, my first bull, off at uh a, at a, a guy to get his the Euro done. And he's got some amazing, I mean, 400 plus inch bulls in there that he's working on. And I'm just looking around. I'm like, wow, this is like, I mean, a 400 inch bull guys, if you've never been close to one of those, holy crap. And, uh, and so anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, I bring it in we're talking and he's like, yeah. Uh, and I was kind of, I was telling him, I was like, you know, oh yeah, it's my first bull. I'm really excited about him. I was like, I know he's not the biggest thing around, but for me. He got me freaking stoked and he's illegal. So guess what? <laughs> I took him and, uh, and he, and, and that got him going down. Cause he obviously sees a bunch of different people. And he, he said there was this kid that came in. He said he was in his teens, mid teens. And he came in and he had never hunted before. He, his dad had been putting him in for this uh, bull moose tag in some state out West. And he comes in with this massive Shira's bull head for a euro and uh and the kid comes in and the first thing he does when he hands it, he's like yeah he's he's all right he's like what do you think he'd score good and the guy's like dude i've never seen a bull on hoof this big this is awesome and the kid's like you're sure you're sure you'll you're sure it'll score good he's like dude yes like this is outstanding and the kid looks around and there's a smaller Shyrus, which is still big, but a, a smaller Shyrus rack sitting there. And the kid's like, he looks at it. And he said, he said, why would someone shoot something like that? Yeah. And I was like, when he told me that I was like, Oh my gosh. Like to me, it's, it's so sad to see that because now that kid's probably never going to shoot another moose that size in his life. And who knows if he'll go on to hunt because his, You know, and I obviously don't know the dynamic of the family, but I could tell you from most kids that I know and being a dad myself, the way that my kids speak and act, the majority of that comes from here in the home. And and so, you know, yes, social media plays into that as well. But I like to have check ins with my kids when they go to public school, because we're not blessed enough to be able to I don't provide enough for the family to be able to uh, uh, to have at, at home school for the kids. Um, So we send them to public school. And so I check in with them every day. Hey, what's going, especially with things the way they are nowadays, I check in with them, I have one on one time with them, uh, at least once a month, for the older kids, and then every single day after school for the younger kids just checking in on what they've learned, how their friends are, you know, actual genuine conversation. And I'm able to curb things when I see them start acting out of alignment with what we've taught. I have a conversation with them about that. And so anyway, with social media, um, for me, it's a big gripe of mine that, and as an adult onset hunter, like I like to call myself, uh, it's something that I feel like too many people get wrapped up into when for me, I set the standard of like what you were saying, the small steps, like I started with rifle hunting. And then when I realized I was filling my tag every year, nothing with trophy. Right. But, uh, for me, I was filling a tag, bringing home meat. I was like, all right, it's time to step it up with muzzle loader. Did a muzzle loader hunt. All right. It's time to get into archery. Right. And then I didn't fill a tag, an elk tag anyway, for the first three years, or I guess three years that I had a bow. Um, and, and so I filled, you know, deer tag, but then with that, you know, it's like for me personally, it's okay. I shot a spike. Now I shot a little forky. Okay. Now I'm not going to shoot anything less than a mature that's, fork that's, that's or it. a three point. Yep. <laughs> that's just my own standard though. Right. It's like you build it up and, and, and I love what the, 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 uh, the taxidermist said, he was like, you know, I just tell my boys, I'm like, look, if it makes your PP tingle, go for it. Like, and I'm like, that's not really where I feel yeah. it, but yes, I get what you're saying. If it's, if it, if it gets too excited, go for it. Sometimes there's doughs that I'm like, dude, that's a nice dough. That'll look great in the freezer. I'm glad I have a dough tag, you know, like, it's just, I think you gotta uh, have that. You said you, know? there
2: about, uh, you said, you said, uh, oh, you know, I I, i got some animals nothing trophy um i'm gonna respectfully disagree with you there because i think that when you start out all of them and even after you start out all of them are trophies because when you because when you wrap your tag on it you won you know what i mean right like that Mm
1: -hmm. you
2: know and it's god that is that is depressing about that kid um and uh Gosh, dang it. It, I mean, it's just, it's looking at an animal as a product rather than a living being and a whole experience. You know, I, I took out a first timer, um, bear hunting, uh, quite a few years back and, uh, great friend of mine. And he's, he reached out to me and I mean, we had known each other for well before this. Um, but they finally reached out and he's like, Hey man, I want to, I think I want to like learn how to do this bear thing with you. I'm like, yeah, sure, come you come tag along while I'm scouting and stuff and so took him throughout the whole summer like he got to see you know all these all these extra things that I do that no one else gets to see and uh and went through the process, right? Went through the process. So come opening day, we find ourselves um walking into a canyon um and then and bear hunting, if anyone's not familiar like Bear hunting is all about the food. You you have to have the food source in order to have bears. If the food source isn't there, you're wasting your time. And I was walking into an area that mm-hmm. I had a lot of confidence in, but as I was walking into it and throughout scouting, I I found about two, three acorns the whole time I was going in there. It wasn't looking great, <laughs> but I didn't want to tell them that. You know, because I didn't want to discourage them. I wanted to, I'm like, we're going to sit on this point from sun up to sundown. I want to, I want you to go through it. You know what I mean? So that's what we did. Came out, no bears. Mm-hmm. Turned into a deer hunt real quick. Um, the following year though, we go back in that same area, had a good winter. Acorns all over the place. We're walking down into this canyon and, oh, there's a fresh pile of bear scat right there. I'm like, check that out. You know, and his, his eyes—they lit up like saucers, man. And we get down in there. We're sitting. We're sitting on this mm-hmm. on this water source, and we're hearing things around us moving, and we but we're not seeing them. Um, later that evening, he shot his first bear. You know, and he got to go through that whole thing. We went down to the bottom mm-hmm. of this canyon in the pitch dark, took care of that bear while other bears. Are, you know, he's like. Going through all this, right? And when we do the pack out, he's he starts walking. He's like, "Okay, which way?" I'm like, "That way." And in front of him is just like a big wall. I'm like, "Yeah, we got to climb up that." You know, so so that whole experience. He's like, "What?" <laughs> um, someone. It wasn't a big bear. Okay. After he did that, though, I I I told him I was like, "Man, yeah, this is how it should have been. You can't just come waltzing in here shooting bears right away." Now you have a deep appreciation for this, right, and you actually know a little bit of what you're doing rather than you know just walking in and getting lucky you don't mm-hmm. really learn anything right you you gotta you gotta mess up and learn from those failures and then you'll you'll start putting the puzzle pieces together and It wasn't a big bear, and I remember someone commented on it on Instagram or something like that it like of course, and said something like, "Oh, you know, don't you think that we need mm-hmm. to you know?" Um, not let our buddies shoot small bears or whatever, like that. I'm like, listen, who am I to stand in the way of him getting his first bear?
1: Mm-hmm. Would
2: I have shot that bear? No. But I've I've killed a lot of bears. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm that that's just not where I'm at, right? But him him shooting that small bear hooked him for yep. life. And I think that right there is what mm-hmm. like the hunting community I feel like needs a little bit more of because we definitely have like a PR problem, you know, and we need to think about like hunter recruitment and hunter retention. And if we're basing everything off of numbers, oh yeah, you know, you look it's like you're looking at a shelf in a store. Nah, hey, I don't really like that one. I don't really like that one. That's not hunting. Mm. Hunting's an experience you know, and I think that needs to be taught. And I think if you teach that people are going to appreciate it more for what it is.
0: Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And, and I, I can see the perspective of some people of not wanting to shoot the smaller animals. If you were someone that constantly, I mean, if you were genuinely causing harm to the herd, um, I, I think, one DNR or whoever would recognize that. And that's why like, for example, in Colorado, you can either shoot a cow or a bull that has four points or better on one side. Right. Mm-hmm. That's at least a couple year old bull elk. You know, he's had his time, um, maybe his bred a little bit, who knows? But uh you know, it's something that they they know a lot more. And we as maybe Monday uh you know, Monday armchair quarterbacks will maybe disagree with the DNR, but that's another thing too, is people that are doing all the disagreeing, aren't really taking any action. Uh, They just want to complain. And so, and that's something too, that, you know, we had an experience in Colorado where this guy, uh, him and his brother came all the way from New York, uh, out to Colorado, which, I mean, that had to have been a 30 something hour drive alone. And that's one way. And they came out and they had been hunting for 10 days. And, uh, and they got a, his little, uh, a basket three by three, um, mule deer with the muzzleloader on the very last day, you know, fourth quarter buck. And, uh, and we're sitting there chatting with him, having a great time, congratulating him. Awesome work. You've put in. he's probably spent more money mm-hmm. and time on conservation That's than most deer hunters <laughs> in that state <laughs> that are, you know that's an expensive deer. Right. And uh, it would have been a lot more expensive tag soup. And guess what? He's coming home with some meat. And, and so we're sitting there enjoying that. And this guy whips in and you can tell he's drunk. And so he shouldn't have been driving to begin with, uh, you know, surprised he made up the mountain that we were on, but uh, he, he gets out and he grabs the, you know, he's talking with us. Like, oh, let me see that. And he grabs the rack. He's like, you know, killing our effing baby deer. oh man And like, kind of tosses it back to him and the, we kind of look at him like is he joke like you can't tell if he's joking mm-hmm. like he's so over the top i can't tell if this is and then he walked over to his truck and he just True. flips out like i was worried he was going to pull a gun like he was being very belligerent uh what if i came to your states and killed your baby deer blah 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 and and i just i looked and i was like dude i killed a spike my first year i killed a two point last year like come on If you want to kill a baby deer, if it's legal, go for it. Like it doesn't piss me off. It doesn't upset me unless you're out there bragging about how you're culling the herd and destroying the herd. Like that's a different story. But like, you know, again, it's all the experience. The dude drove, I mean, 30 plus hours to come out here, spent 10 days hunting this nasty terrain and pulled out this buck. That thing is going to mean more to him than if he went to a ranch down in Texas and killed a 200 inch whitetail, you know, like, it it's just the the experience you know and and so again it it's something that a conversation i feel like needs to be had um more often uh with people because the time to yeah. critique what someone is shooting is not after they've shot it it's you know it, it's beforehand it's the conversations it's the mentorship like you took someone out you're contributing to future hunters I wouldn't be into hunting if it wasn't for a guy that was willing to take me out, yep. out here out west. I was getting ready to move back east and head back to North Carolina and be a physical therapist out there and do all these things out there. And I just happened to see his his garage and I was like, oh, cool. He's got, got some hooked. mounts. And then he got let me go on a hunt with him and I got hooked. A lot of people, they like what you were saying, they come out west oh, yeah. and they're like, man, these mountains are intimidating. Like you don't know where to start, right? And so do it, taking action that way, As rather than being deer upset deer about someone that yeah. has, I mean, what are you going to do with the deer that they've already shot? Right, yeah. You know, piece it back together and send it on his way. Yeah, like also, there's not, there's literally nothing you can do at that point, out, except for I be happy you, for the guy. That dude, yeah. if he
2: had a son. Okay. And he takes his boy out on his first hunt and that kid shoots that deer. I bet you he shed a tear
1: mm.
2: out of joy. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what's the difference, dude? Yeah. Like, it's not like people, Mm -hmm. people, you you know, the bear, the the bear thing gets a lot of hate too. like with what you're talking about. People like, oh yeah, you shot a, you know, you shot a baby bear or whatever like that. People base the size of a bear off of the age of a bear, which is not always accurate. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not. I had one time I shot a sow. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I could tell that the sow was mature by how it was walking. So I shot it, brought it home, posted mm. a picture on Instagram. And I say in the, in, the, in the description, I say I could tell it was a mature bear, right? Somebody comments, oh, yeah, mature. Okay. Well, then the age card came back in mm. the following year. The bear was six years old.
1: That's a mature bear.
2: You know, so like, I just like, I can't stand that stuff, dude. Like we shot it one time. I had some buddies shoot a bear one time yep. that was an
1: absolute giant. He was a year and a half old. What's up with that? Right. Wow. Like you don't
2: know, you don't know. It's like, you're like you, like, like some people, <laughs> some people are just yeah. bigger than other people. You know, there's some like my wife, she's super short. That's just how, that's how she was born, you know? And I think the same thing goes for, goes for, I mean, bears, especially, you know, like some mm-hmm. bears are just not going to grow big. So
1: anyways, All right. that's, and, and
0: that's... exactly. Yeah. That's, and, and that's a, that's definitely a, a, a big deal that, you know, again, people want to critique online. Um, I know another guy, Brandon McDonald, I'm sure you've seen his stuff, uh, and, and he's, he's a, he's pretty down to earth dude. And he shot a bear for the first time with a bow and people were saying the same thing, but it, it's like yeah. he, that was his first bear and with a bow, like who can say who, no. there's not a ton of people that can say that they've even shot a bear with a bow. And, uh, and yet they're out there, you know, critiquing how big it was. Now there's a difference between genuine upset and BSing with your friends. Right. Cause like, Just because you shoot one bow and I shoot another, we're going to give each other crap because there's quirks about each bow, you know, the, you know, uh, you shoot a broadhead. I shoot a different one. I shoot a certain gun or rifle. Someone else shoots a different one. It's the same thing in in the pistol world. Glock C. Yeah. yeah, Oh, you shoot that piece of, you shoot that brick, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, well you, your gun goes off when you drop it. Like there's always these stupid arguments, but like when you're with friends and you're joking about it as one thing but it's when you're genuinely online or just critiquing someone uh, for these things that are meant to be jokes. It's like, yeah, that's not, you know, that's not, that's not right. You know? So um, you know, I know I've, I've talked to some people and, and, and joked about size of animals, but it was never a genuine being upset that they shot that animal. Like you congratulate them. And then later I've got another buddy that shot a whitetail and we were laughing about it because, uh, um, he was able to throw it over his shoulder, you know, and carry it out. You're like, Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, like you know, you shot the you. baby deer, you know, just kind of messing with him, but it wasn't a genuine, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, man, that's, I don't know. that. That's just stuff that the infighting needs to stop because we already have so much crap that's going on sure. uh, outside of the hunting community that, you know, it, it it needs to, there needs to be more educated conversations and camaraderie rather than, uh, breaking each other down. Cause, um, you know, there's, there's people that I've had people ask me yep. if I kept the yep. meat from my elk. I'm like, dude, I, what do you, yes, of course I kept the meat from my elk. Like I would have left the rack. If you had to tell me, if you told me leave the rack or leave the meat, yep. I'm leaving the rack all day. I'd take a picture of that and I could show that off. Like, mm-hmm. I'm taking the meat. I don't care how big the rack was. Can't eat the rack. It looks pretty. It looks cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Take a picture of it, frame it, whatever. I'm keeping the meat because that's why I go out there. And so having those conversations with the non hunters, not even just anti hunters, but the non hunters yep. that things that you and me think are normal. Mm-hmm. Like we understand yep. you kill a bear, not just for the hide. You kill it for the meat. Uh, you know, you, you kill a deer, you kill an elk, you cure, kill, kill a pronghorn, coos deer, whatever you're keeping the meat. That's the real trophy. Um, you just get some cool shots because sure, sure. I mean, it's, it's cool to go out there and go hunt and it's a big accomplishment. Um, those are the things that need to be talked yeah. about more. Yeah, I feel no, like 100%, than, dude. it's not, than it, the infight, Yeah, and, and it's like, they don't even
2: know. mean, um, mean ill by it. Right. They're just generally not, they just generally don't know. You know, I've had, Mm. I've had people reach out to me and and ask the same exact questions, particularly with black bears. Like, they're like, oh, well, you can't eat a bear. I'm like, what? I'm like, that's like, like, I got friends, like one of my good friends, and I think I'm on board with him. He's like, this is my favorite meat. I I think it's better than elk, you know, but people don't know that, Hmm. you know, so it's like, they think you're just going out there and shooting, shooting teddy bear, you know, and it's like, you know, you're not. So, which is a shining example of why we have a PR problem. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't even care. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't even care. And the other thing
0: too. uh,
2: I don't even care if, uh, you know, those people that are asking those questions uh, become hunters, but um, just like educating them on it, you know, to be Mm -hmm. like, this is like, this is what we do. This is why we do it. You know, um, what I think would be super helpful for, for people. And I, and I think that, um, more times than not, they're going to probably respect hunting a little
1: more than they did before you had that conversation.
0: Exactly. Exactly. That. And then, uh, I, I think hunters need to learn how to cook a little bit better too. You don't have to get all fancy chef and everything, but like, if you're going to share game meat with someone that doesn't hunt, don't cook it. Don't cook it. Well done. Like, come on, Come on, don't like if you're gonna give them jerky, yeah. give them jerky, but don't like just, overcook a steak or, like you know, don't it it just stuff like that can also get and and again that's something else too that people don't talk about enough is that the person that asked me that specifically while we were um uh, our our friends are, or our kids are friends and so we're at the park and they were asking me about it and um yeah. and they were like so you like the taste I'm like absolutely it's it's just a lean steak and elk is my favorite over. Uh, any other game meat that I've had, I haven't had bear yet. Um, I have some in the freezer that I need to try, but haven't haven't convinced my wife that it's okay to feed that to the kids yet. Um, you know, I can't but really uh, you know, with with the elk, she was like, "Yeah, you know, I can't. I've tried it in multiple different ways, and I don't really like it." I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking it's probably. I, and then I asked her, I was like, "How'd you have the steak cooked?" She was like, ah, "It was it was medium well," and I'm like, "Yeah, anything over medium is too much for game meat." Um, and so if you're going to share game meat with someone, it's great that you want to share with them, but please know how to cook. Just, just even just a little bit. I'm not an amazing chef by yeah. any means, but just a little bit of a dry rub or seasoning and nothing more than medium rare for I'll me. i tell you what, I'm no and chef either, dude. I'm a steak, steak burger kind of fantastic.
2: guy. Um, um, and, uh, t- to the point that you made about, uh, you convincing your wife that the bear is not. Say, or safe for the kids, or whatever. Uh, my daughter, uh, has never, I don't think she's ever tried beef, um, chicken or pork. Uh, the first meat that, yeah, she's three years old. The first meat that she ever tried really was ground black bear.
1: So she's all right. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and I, I agree. I, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with it as long as it's over one stuff, I've right? had, Oh, I've had mountain lion too. That was actually really good. Um, cougar. Is, yep. Yeah. Cougar is mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's, it's just like pork. It's the other white meat. I mean, when you cook it, we did it in uh curry, which obviously didn't get a ton of the flavor there from the actual mm-hmm. cougar itself, but it had very much the texture of pork. Um, and then when you cook it again, it comes out kind of a white meat. Uh, so that's, that's one that was interesting. Um, for sure. That one, that one kind of surprised me, but anyway, yeah, I, I, you know, that's one thing for me too, is I don't, the only thing that I'll kill without eating it is a coyote. Um, outside of that, I, I go after things because I want to eat it, you know, I don't want to just let it rot up on. And then the other thing too, um, heart heart is probably my, my son's favorite meat, and we always make it, even if it's not my kill, if I've gone up and helped someone, um, you know, pack out an animal, uh, I always take the heart home. That's something they ask, you know, most of the time people will offer to give meat if you've helped them. I'm like, I want the heart. Uh, and I always kind of get this look like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's awesome, man. Make tacos out of it. Make fajitas You make little steak strips. Uh, you can fry it up like there's so many good things with the heart. And it's, uh, it's so yeah. nutrient dense, can't do it, dude. you know, I've tried liver, not I can't, my thing. can't do it. <laughs> I just can't <laughs> texture. It and yeah. it's just too strong. I can't even do beef liver though. Like I just can't do liver at all. Um, I've tried kidneys and, and it's not my yeah, preferred, good, man. Um, but heart. definitely the heart, heart comes um, home with me every time. I think it was so, like four years ago uh, for the
2: first time. And, uh, we just, uh, we cooked it back, at, we had a truck camp set up, it was January, and I shot a coos deer, and uh, we, they brought a cast iron skillet with them, put butter in there, fried up that heart, and I was just like, why mm. have I left so
1: many of these damn things in the field?
0: <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, cutting up in little thin strips and doing like uh, fajitas yeah. out of it is outstanding with yeah, some dude. bell peppers and onions. Oh, man. Oh, making my mouth water. But uh, so we we've kind of gone. I didn't expect this conversation to go this way. But what's something that we haven't uh, talked about that uh, you want to bring up uh, I mean, for the I- audience? A story I you mean, want to share or uh i don't know any words of advice i'll share
2: a story just because it's fresh in my mind but before i do that i think
1: the the my overall message with what i do is um to not be intimidated about and i don't mean like be scared
2: i, I mean I, I guess a better word is overwhelmed um for anyone that is like mm. new to hunting, um whether it's bow hunting or rifle hunting and they are you know I have quite a few people that get a hold of me and they're just really asking me where to start. You know, and dude, honestly, it's like I I know you don't want to hear this, but you need to just go. Like you need to just go out in the field and I think that people are too worried about their success Um, and it pushes them from even taking a step out the door. And I truly believe that they're doing themselves a disservice by doing that. Mm. Uh, they're holding themselves back from learning this thing called hunting, you know? So if you've been on the fence about wanting to get into this, um, whether it's like you're already into hunting and you, maybe you want to start backpack hunting or it's a new species that you want to go after or whatever, um, or just hunting in general. You haven't hunted before in your life. I was talking to somebody the other day. They're like, "Wow, this is super interesting." I've ne- this is a grown man, okay, um, and he's like, "I've never hunted before in my life," you know, which is mind boggling to me. Like, and it, and it goes to show that like the days of dad raising their kid as a hunter is kind of a thing of the past which we're seeing a lot more like adult onset hunters, which I think is great. I don't have anything against that, but I think, I think there's a few interesting things there. I think that one, isn't it interesting that even though they weren't brought into hunting, that they gravitated towards it. Right. Because we, this is why we're sitting here talking. Like we wouldn't be mm-hmm. sitting here having a conversation if it wasn't for hunting. Right. Um, and, um, and two, um, it's, true. it's never too late to start. You know, I've had guys that are in their mid fifties, reach out to me and say, oh yeah, I just started backpack hunting. You know, that's, that's awesome. You know, so, so get out there and do it. If you're dedicated, I tell, I mean, I'll leave this message here and then I'll tell a bear story. If you're dedicated to going out hunting, you will have success. It's it that will come. You will start filling tags. When? I can't tell you that. Okay, but I promise if you're dedicated and you learn from your mistakes and you keep going out there, you're gonna get closer and closer and you're eventually gonna figure it out. And you'll be able to be successful every single year if you really are into it. So um but recently what's fresh in my mind is I just went on a bear hunt in Arizona, and another cool story about Um, a kid, uh, not a kid. He's a, he's a man. He's my age. He reached out to me about a year and a half ago or so. Um, and wanted to learn about bear hunting. Like he's from Pennsylvania, grew up whitetail hunting. So hunting is familiar to him, but bear hunting in the West and just like Western hunting in general, not familiar, right? He's trying to figure this all out. So I, you know, we went and had a cup of coffee, got along great, you know, cut from the same cloth. And, uh, and I tell him, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're going to film this hunt in October coming up. And then like a week later, he reaches out. He's like, Josh, do do you need an extra cameraman by any chance? I'm like, I'm like, dude, if you want to come, just come bring your rifle, come hunting. So like eventually, so he's like, okay, so, so he comes, we we pack in. What I really love about this whole story is that he got to go through all the motions, (laughs) the motions of emotions, right? Um, we pack into Mm -hmm. this area we've been talking about all year. Okay. (laughs) Had a lot of, um, a lot of anticipation for it, a lot of promise. And we got in there and it's a hall. We got in there and, and I got in there before him. He, he got there at dark to camp and I'm like,
1: I don't think there's any food back here. So. We wake up the next
2: morning and we glass and we don't see any bears. You know, we found one acorn. We went down and tried to find water, found some water, but the food was just real scarce that time, which is interesting. It's one of the hardest things about bear hunting here is that um, you need to proof the food. So you can't just be like, Oh yeah, there's Oak trees there. There's going to be acorns. You can't do that Um, because certain areas will, will receive uh, different levels of rainfall than others. Right. So you need to go and make sure. So I tell them, I'm like, yeah, we're, I think we need to move. Mm. So we pack up the next day. Didn't get a break at all, you know, packed way in there the night before. Get up, pack way out. Took him forever to get out. I'm like, I'm like, keep in touch with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to this other area and I'll send you a pin, you meet me there. So he grinds his way out and he gets to camp in the dark. This is a truck camp now. We're not we're not backpack hunting. Of And he's sitting there with his headlamp, and I walk up to him, and I pull out a handful of acorns out of my pocket. And I show it to him. I'm like, we're in the chips, man. Okay. And I found a big pile of bear scat that night. So we go out the next morning, and this is like a spot that's real special to me. It's like where I learned how to bear hunt, you know. And I knew there was food there. I was turkey hunting in the area. And I'm always looking at trees and stuff. Like I'm like, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. Like I'm paying attention to acorns and stuff. So mm-hmm. we get in there and right at gray light, my cameraman goes, hey, 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 hey. And there's a bear walking beneath us. Decent boar. And I put him in the scope and I'm like, I'm like, ah, you know what I mean? I think I, like it's been five minutes. You know what I mean? I want to see what else is, is walking around. Um, and And that was for me, right? For him, like he would have shot that bear in a heartbeat. You know, but generally, how we do things, and he knows this, is like whoever sees it, oh, yeah, that's you, right? So then we see another bear down the way,
1: big, giant, jet black, just come gorilla stomping down this hill. You know, I'm like, man, I got a turkey call in my pocket. (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna get
2: this, I'm gonna try to squawk on this to see if something comes out. Cause the the first bear went into a thicket and we thought that the other bear was coming closer, but I was like, Man, maybe if I squawk on this, they'll come closer. So I get that turkey call out and just start making like distress noises with it. And then we hear something to our left. I hear a rock roll. And but we didn't see anything. Five minutes later I look down, there's a cinnamon standing there. And I put that one in the scope and I'm like, That's a good bear. So I just I waited. Mm. Like he's sitting there the whole time watching all this. You know, I waited, he turns, gave me that last rib, shot him, ran into the ran into an oak thicket down there, and that was it. And then he came down, he got to bushwhack his way down through that canyon, rock hop his way through the bottom of this of, of this uh canyon uh and walk up on the bear and get to see just this like I was in honest, like I was in tears uh just on a personal note because the bear died 10 yards from where my first bear ever died and it was just like a really kind of cool full circle moment but he got to see all this right and see how the bear was broken down and help pack the bear out and get it back to the cooler and just all of that and he is so head over heels addicted now to that, to doing that, he's like, dude, I'm trying to convince my wife to go back out there camping with me just so I can get back out there and hunt for the morning and the evening. Like, she's so into it now. Um, and, and I just, I think that's awesome, man. I think, you know, like, yeah, I got a bear, but like, that's also, awesome. you know, we stayed out, we stayed, by, the, we stayed out there like three or four days after that point to try to get him one. And it just didn't work out. And I told him the same thing. I told that my buddy, I talked about earlier. I'm like, you can't just be waltzing in here, shooting stuff you got, you got to earn it. Right. So, and so he walked out of there with a
1: smile on his face. So, yeah. Well, that's definitely.
0: Good. No, that's definitely, that's how it should go. It's uh, it's good mentorship like that. That makes the difference in the hunters experience. Cause if you were someone else, that were like oh i'm not shooting that little baby bear i'm not gonna do this that's ridiculous like you start getting that thought in their head then that's how they think that normal people talk and and maybe that's normal for that person so not saying that you're not normal if you talk like that but i think that that's not right to set those expectations up for someone that is new when maybe you've been hunting for decades for sure and in your mind that's normal to say things like that. Explain maybe a little bit. Yeah. A little bit more as to why you want a bigger animal. And I think that's something too. nothing against trophy hunting, nothing against any of that. Explain why. If you really are out there just for the rack, I 100% disagree with you. Sorry, you're wrong. But if you're saying I'm out there judging the rack and the body and all these other things that you can see on an animal, That's the difference. And that needs to be explained more than just, wow, look at this giant. Well, what's giant about it? And why does that get you excited? Have that rather than just the little clips of, man, that guy, I'm only going for 400 inches and above. Well, okay. That's cool. But explain more. Don't just say I'm only going for 400 inches because unless your binoculars have more than just a range finder on it, you don't know if that's over 400 inches. You don't know the measurement until you put a tape measure on it, but explain why that gets you excited and why that yeah. spike that just walked up to you at 10 yards because yeah. they are stupid doesn't get you excited and for you the know, record just explain okay, the difference there and i, I, I love that, that what bear. you explained you know okay
2: it, like I, I said i told him if that bear comes back out when i'm calling i'm gonna shoot him because he wasn't like a tiny bear feel like he was like a medium bear you know but me like i was like well you know what i mean like I've hunted in here a lot and like, I do have, I do respect um, like people that have like a genuine respect for the area. Right. Like an old timer once told me uh, that went in there um, Mm -hmm. for, for bears. He was like, dang, Josh. He's like, that's a real good spot, man. He's like, "You, you take like one or two bears out of there a year and it'll keep producing. You don't come in here and shoot a whole bunch of them, you know? And I've always remembered that. So, there's a couple different levels of that for me. Right. It's like, it's like one it's, you know, I've, you know, I've shot some bears, you know, so I like, I want to hunt mm-hmm. longer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to shoot the very first thing that I see. Um, and two, I want that area to keep producing
1: mm-hmm. big
2: bears so I could bring my daughter there, you know, and like show her, like, this is where dad learned how to hunt, you know, and be like, look at that you know and like see her her face light up when she sees that um but i i was very yep. clear with him that i wouldn't have cared if he shot that bear you know what i mean like i not at all you know that the my friend i mentioned earlier the bear that he shot was way smaller than that one this was like a gent like a, he was a decent boar yeah. you know but i was like I've been here 5 minutes you know what i mean let's see what else is
1: walking around you know so yeah
0: mhm yeah. 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 But at least you explain and that's the thing is you're explaining the reasoning sense? behind it, not just he's not big enough. You know, why isn't he big enough? What makes sense? What you know, and then again with the elk or the deer or anything like that, why don't you shoot spikes? Why don't you shoot forkies? Things like that. And so um I, I love that that was the explanation behind it and not uh not just wrong. always not worthy of being have, shot. Like that kind of talk to, to me is just wrong. On and where so, you
2: are. Right, like some of these people that are like, Oh, yeah, I want to shoot 180 inch deer. Well,
1: mm-hmm.
2: maybe that's not where you're going. You shot one yet? Right, exactly. There's another question, there's another question, right? But, Have but, but, like,
0: one yet, that might not be realistic, <laughs> <At all. laughs>
2: you know, like yeah. if maybe it's a super low density and you know, stuff like that, like
1: mm.
2: take it for what it is. I think, and so I think approaching it like that, like. Okay, well, can I be successful here and can I be successful yeah. there? It's like, okay, if you go in and you're seeing bucks all over the place, and it's like Disneyland, okay, cool. You know, you can you can like be a little more selective, right? But if you go in there and there's like,
1: mm.
2: oh yeah, I've seen three bucks, like, dude, it, in Utah this year. Oh my gosh, like, you all had a harsh winter last year, and like where I normally go hunting up it's up in bad. Utah. Normally Hmm. I'll see like 30 plus bucks. I saw seven and two of them I would have shot. And, and I had, I've never really had this happen to me before. Um, but there were, cause normally like in all honesty, I'm like, if he's got a, if he's got a, uh, a frame, I'm like, let's party. Like, that's how, that's how I am, dude. Like, I love, I love the meat. I love the whole experience, the adventure and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go, you know what I mean? That's just how I, that's just how I roll a lot of times. But, um, I felt bad, dude. Like, genuinely. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I was like, I had multiple opportunities at, um, like, smaller bucks in boat. I'm not saying I glassed them up and I decided to not go over there. I'm talking about in boat range. Mm. Okay. And I decided I couldn't do it, like I I couldn't bring myself to shoot him, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, um, and some would disagree with me on that. Like, my buddy just had a tag up in Wyoming, experienced the same thing, you know, same harsh winter the year before, and he wasn't even gonna hunt. He called the he called the office up there, and he's like, "Should I even hunt this?" And and the the guy's like, "Why wouldn't you?" You, you know what I mean? So there's that. Like, if there's tags, obviously they can afford harvest but at the same time just like on a personal note i walked into that hunt and i was like well i feel like the younger bucks are the ones that are more going to be a little more important because they'll be running around you know you know slamming all the does and stuff like that but maybe but an older buck that's like maybe like past his prime i think that's what i want to look at that's what i want to try to look for and i've never done that on a yeah. I've never done that before ever, but this is, that had one clear. I'm like, this you is what a I'm doing. And, I, and like, I I walked out of those hills. I, I didn't have a deer on my back, yeah. but I was proud that I stuck to my guns with the whole
1: thing. So.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's the thing too, is, you know, again, having those conversations, cause it could vary based on situation. It could vary, vary based on year. It could, you know, there's so many things that go into it that it's, you know, it's not just stick to your guns on this one particular thing, have an educated conversation, yeah. check out the area, figure it out. And then again, that didn't get you excited. You felt bad. Like trust your gut dude, not just cause it's got antlers shoot it. Um, and then maybe right. someone else thinks, Oh, it's got antlers. I'm going to shoot it. Sure. Who's to say who's right or wrong in that situation. But it is a very personal hunting is a very personal thing. Um, you know, like we were talking about before it, before I'm, I'm going out for my first white tail. If it's legal, I'm shooting it. Like that's just, that's me, right? I'm coming home with meat. I'm coming home with, yeah, exactly. I'm coming home with, with meat and, and a set of antlers. I don't care how big, but if I was really into whitetail, like I respect the people that, they cultivate these areas and they do all this and that they name the deer, they watch them grow. They watch them for five years. That's a whole nother ball game. Um, you know, that, that I don't understand, mm-hmm. but people do it out here out West too. They have tabs on this deer and they watch them grow yeah. every single year. But I'm I, I'm, I'll be honest out. with you. I don't have time for that. Like I just don't. Um, You know, maybe one day when I'm cool like you and can have a full time career in the outdoors, then, you know, (laughs) that'll be a different story. But, uh, you know, again, it's just it's all personal. What's your experience and uh, and being educated about it. And then also, um, you know, I could keep going on about, you know, bloody pictures and things like that. Uh, Just be smart about how you're sharing it with people that are non hunters. Anti hunters are almost a lost cause, to be honest with you. But it's the non hunters, the big chunk of individuals in the middle that just don't understand it, that we need to be uh, educated in how we discuss things with them. And so and then, of course, bringing them in whenever, whenever, whenever they ask the question, can I go with you? Like you caught that, you know, from this guy, hey, don't even worry about bringing your camera. Just bring your rifle. Come hunt with me. Like you had that opportunity um, to be able to do that. Catch those opportunities embrace them and then that that'll change generations as well so again um man we've had we've had an awesome conversation about conservation uh hunting things like that guys uh you know i first off i really appreciate josh for you taking the time to come on here um guys if you haven't checked out josh's blogs his instagram uh his channel uh, in general i'm gonna drop the links down below uh but where where can they find instagram
2: youtube facebook all that just search "Dialed in hunter and i'll pop up and if if anyone's like interested in uh learning how to backpack hunt i wrote a book a couple years back called becoming a backpack hunter you can find that on amazon um and uh super proud with how it turned out and the feedback that i've got from it but yeah i try to answer all my messages for people that message me like please bear with me like i i will get to you okay i try to answer everyone um but um yeah, if that's yeah, feel free to message
0: me. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on. And guys, uh, definitely go check out his content. I'll leave the links down below. And uh, of course, like I always say, get out, live your life, and love it. That was just an awesome conversation. I love talking with Josh. He is a knowledgeable individual. He loves the outdoors, wants to share his passion with you and others. So definitely go check out his channels. I'm going to leave them linked down below, guys. If you're into gear reviews, if you're into getting to know just some hunting tips, how to use the gear that you currently have in the most efficient way possible, definitely go check out Josh. He's awesome at what he does. With that being said, guys, I want to remind you, like I said, if you need help going into the new year, if you're listening to this after the new year has already started, get in with the First Form one-on-one advisors in the app. The link is going to be down below. If you're listening to this before December ends, I'm doing a giveaway as well. So not only am I challenging you to test the 110% money back guarantee with first form and the products, I also want to challenge you to get in on this giveaway. As of right now, I'm giving away a day pack from Teton sports, a day hiking backpack stuffed full to the brim with Pro, uh, first form protein bars, meat sticks, some swag from first form i'm going to be throwing in some other tools and things for archery maybe a rangefinder and some other awesome gear guys go check it out if you want to get in on this the link is down below i'm going to need your email and your first and last name that's all the information i need to know that you want to get in on this giveaway go check it out down below guys i want you in on this i want to help you out through the new year, and I want to get you some goodies to get started on the new year as well. If you're listening to this before December ends, go check it out. Get entered today. Now, that's all I've got for you guys. Hope you have an outstanding rest of your weekend. Enjoy time with family, make memories, enjoy this Christmas season, and of course, get out, live your life, and love it.